This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I think you called me a liar on national TV. I think you called me a liar on national TV. Let's not do it right now. You want to have that discussion, we'll have that discussion. You called me a liar. You told me... All right, let's not do it. I don't want to get in the middle, but I just want to say hi, Bernie. Yeah, good. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes politics can be funny. So Bernie and Lizzie fight in public. The mama and papa of socialism have a a fight in front of the kids, and the the door to their bedroom is open. The whole world, you called me a liar. He says, no, you called me a liar. And then uh, the interloper, Staya the liar, tries to inveigle his way onto the stage in front of them and dad blows him off yeah 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 take a walk it's fabulous i mean it's really theater you know and at a certain point you got to enjoy the theatrics welcome to the uh savage nation rock and roll friday bernie and lizzie fight in public it's not a big topic it's funny it's funny that even the left can slip up you know they're pretty seamless in their delivery of communism i got to tell you but man did they screw up there you call me a liar but i don't want to talk about that okay I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Trump's legal team. I'm only going to spend a few minutes on uh, the guy I don't trust at all, Ken Starr. Ken Starr is is untrustworthy. Now, Dershowitz, on the other hand, although he's flip-flopped over the years, he's been a Democrat, then a Republican, then he became more conservative. He saw which way the wind blew. I don't know what his politics really are, but he's, he's very, very clever, and he's a good team member for Trump, and Trump seems to trust him. At this point, I would say that uh, Dershowitz is, is fairly reliable to not turn on him. I can't say that about Starr. Starr looks like a snake to me. And I say that because in the past, Ken Starr attacked Trump and said he had poor judgment on impeachment. And he said testimony against him doesn't look good. I, ha- I mean, I have the evidence here. And I... Um, I'm not sure about Starr. I don't know why he hired him. And there's got to be better lawyers than him. Maybe he's the only one who would take the job. You got to remember, a lot of these top guys who are really smart uh, don't want to be associated with Trump. They're afraid it'll damage their legal career afterwards and their firm. You know, these white glove firms in D.C. and New York don't want to go near him because they're afraid they'll lose liberal clients. That's the reality. That's not, I'm not saying that's what should be, but that's what is, okay? Again, I think we've covered the whole impeachment drama in the first few minutes. That's all I want to say about it. I, I want to talk about some other stuff that I think is important. I saw a silly article today. A deaf man from Brooklyn is suing Pornhub over a lack of closed captioning. I said, this can't be true. It is true. A deaf man from Brooklyn is moaning that he can't fully enjoy videos on Pornhub because they don't provide closed captioning. So he's filed a class action lawsuit alleging the site is in violation of federal law. 
As far as I'm concerned, class action lawyers belong in prison for 20 years, all of them. Every one of them, assets seized from their mother-in-laws, their father-in-laws, their sister-in-laws. But let's put aside class action lawyers when I think of them. How could a man claim that a porn site violates his rights under the Americans with Disabilities Act because the deaf and hearing impaired can't understand the audio portion of the skin flicks? Okay, so that's not really the whole reason I want to talk about that. Uh, this deaf guy tried to watch a variety of videos on the three sites, including Hot Step Aunt Babysits Disobedient Nephew, Sexy Cop Gets Witness to Talk, A Lesbian Action and Dirty Talk. You don't know how sick and degenerate that the porn industry is. You don't know how demented they are and how sick they are. The fact is, is that major corporations are in the porn business, which is why you no longer hear any politicians ever talk about family values. And I'm going to say right now, that I've studied this in great detail. And young men today are terrified of sex, not only because women have become rapacious because of pornography, trying to imitate and mimic the psycho sluts who are called porn stars. The poor girls are trying to compete with these degenerate sickos that they see on porn sites. The boys are terrified they can never live up to uh, satisfy these girls, number one. And then the distortion of the male image is a big story. You may laugh, but um, this morning we were talking about that, Jim and I and Robert. And I said, you know, a lot of young guys think that they're too small in the man department. They don't even know what the norm is. And if they turn on pornography, which unfortunately is all too frequent today, they get the freak-sized men, and they think that's the norm, and then they think that every woman is a, is a size queen. The fact of the matter is, if you look at the size of men's schmendricks around the world, the norm in America is about five. What, what was it, Robert? What was it? I, I, Jim, you, Jim remembers these things. I don't know what it was, five or something? That's in centimeters. I don't want centimeters. 3.67. No, no, you're not talking about South Korea here, 3.6. We're talking, it's, it's about five, something in the fives. The, the smallest in that department are the Koreans. Did you know that? The largest are those from uh, somewhere in Africa, the Congo. But, uh, okay, so let's putting that aside without getting joking about that. Men are terrified of sex today, and it's destroying them. Young men are being destroyed. They're becoming self-neutering as a result of this. Could you believe this? Now, I could, I could you know, make this a show topic. It's a damn good one because it's a sociological topic that needs to be aired. And the article on why today's young men are terrified of sex appeared in the New York Post, and it starts with uh, a former college football player from Milwaukee, was almost 20 years old when he lost his virginity, and it says it's a story you don't hear too often. Boys, we are told, are having sex younger and more irresponsibly than ever, but as author Peggy Orenstein learned while doing research in a new book, uh, and I don't know the title, it says the reality can be very different. And it says, for Mason, the football player, the simple act of kissing was something he largely avoided in high school, afraid that without enough experience, he would do it wrong. It's a very important topic because increasingly, boys not only are afraid of sex, incapable of relationships, for numerous reasons, including a fear of failure sexually, uh, but women are outperforming uh, men, girls are outperforming boys, boys are sitting there uh, not performing at all, and, and never mind in the bedroom, I'm talking about in their careers. A lot of boys don't go anywhere in their life. The girls do. Why is it 
that girls are excelling in school while boys are just sitting there sort of tuned out. What happened? Well, you can't say it's all pornography, but it's a bigger sociological question. And uh, I think we should talk about it because many families are facing this problem. And uh, this movement against men that was started by Bella Obzug and the other psychopathic man-haters has now reached a metastasis that may not be uh, curable. And I don't know that it can be cured. Uh, and the losers here are everyone. It's not boy versus girl. It's a breakdown of our entire family structure, which, of course, is what the left intended from the beginning. Never forget that I've studied Karl Marx since I'm in college. I read Karl Marx when I was in college. Karl Marx said that the family had to be destroyed. He said that the foundation of bourgeois life is the family. They set out to destroy men and women and marriage. Never forget that the left hates traditional boy-girl sex and boy-girl marriage because they know that's the glue that holds a society together. Now you're saying, Savage, do you want to live in Iran? You know what? Some days I wake up and I say, maybe I want to live in Iran compared to the sick country I'm living in today. When I see the level of degeneracy coming out of Hollywood, when I see the sick people in this country who have taken the sociological leads, I have to ask myself, isn't enough enough? Well, of course, I don't want to live in Iran, but I think the pendulum needs to swing and we need to start with pornography, which is the easiest area to start with. Do you agree with me that pornography should be outlawed entirely? And I mean entirely. You know, there was a time that a 12-year-old child could not open a phone and see people performing graphic sex. Did you know that? There was a time that they would read the Bible or nursery rhymes, or they'd read Charles Dickens. Uh, why is it that we've accepted the norm that children could access the most vile acts between men and women, which are all fake, uh, on their iPhones and then go out into the world and we expect them to have a normal life? Don't you think that has something to do with the drug epidemic? That the children feel inadequate to the imagery that they have seen since their children on their phones? Now, I realize that this is a salmon swimming upstream against the tide. Virtually every major corporation is in the pornography business. Just as uh, they're getting into the marijuana business, they're into the uh, porn business. But I don't think that we, the people, have to sit here and take it without talking about it. After all, we, we can discuss it. Do you think pornography is legal in every country in the world? No, it is not. So you say, well, do you want to live in a repressive country? Yes, I want to live in a somewhat repressive country. Yes, I want to see some censorship in the movies. Yes, I want to see some censorship of pornography. Yes, I do not want to see filthy, degenerate uh, criminals glorified by the vermin in Hollywood. Yes, I would like to see some changes. Will I? Absolutely not. Never. It's never going to happen. On, on a cultural level, this administration, which is seen as right wing, which couldn't be further from the truth, has absolutely almost nothing to say about cultural issues except uh, courting the, uh, the evangelical vote, which is great. The evangelicals are great and wonderful to have on the side of Trump. But even the evangelical movement doesn't seem to be anti-pornography. Is there an evangelical person listening to this show who thinks pornography is wholesome for their children and their congregants? Because I don't. And I think that we have a, a discussion to have here. And I think it's a far more important discussion than impeachment this, impeachment that. This one said this, that moron said that. We've already had this crap for years. I don't care about the impeachment drama. It's boring. 
Now, if you want to watch Fox News or CNN or MSNBC all day long and watch the minutiae of this, go ahead, be my guest. But this is not a descendant of of television. This is talk radio. This is different than television. It's supposed to be different than news uh, shows. And it's supposed to be a little deeper than news shows on television. And that's what I want to talk about today. Okay, so I could ask you some leading questions. Why are boys afraid of girls today? Do you think uh, pornography should be outlawed? Uh, And things like that. Uh, I don't really want to talk about the opening thing that I led with, which is, is Ken Starr a snake? I know he is. I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him. Why Trump put him on the team is, is understandable, truthfully, just to get back to that for a minute. Okay, Ken Starr's been there, and he's done that. He knows all the rules. He knows the ins and the outs. And since he plays both sides, he's liable to be a friend. But you don't really know. The real wild card here is Giuliani, who I've never trusted. Giuliani was a great mayor. Giuliani was the best thing New York ever had. And then afterwards, he went off the rails, and he became a little a little weird on television, appearing. It looked inebriated, four sheets to the wind, couldn't stay off television, couldn't shut his mouth. I don't trust Giuliani. So, okay, so he brought these guys in. I think he's got a superb team. I think Dershowitz will do a good job. He's very clever, and I think he's now sufficiently cleansed of his Democrat leanings to be trusted by Donald Trump. This is the Savage Nation. We're open for business on Rock and Roll Friday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. We're less than a year now from Election Day 2020. This election is going to determine if America continues down the path of greatness or if America will spiral down into full-blown socialism at the hands of left-wing fanatics. But listen to me. We can't just sit back and wait for 2020. We need you to take action now. I want you to text SAVAGE to 88022, and you're going to get official Trump alerts directly to your phone. You just text SAVAGE to 88022, and you get exclusive 2020 updates directly from President Trump. Be the first to know when new Trump merchandise is available, and you'll even be able to give your input on key issues to help shape the 2020 campaign. Now, look. You know and I know if the Democrats take back the White House in 2020 under Pelosi, they'll not only undo everything we've worked so hard for, they'll destroy everything. Make sure you're getting your news directly from the source by texting S-A-V-A-G-E, that's SAVAGE, to 88022. Again, all you have to do is text SAVAGE to 88022. This was paid for by the Trump Make America Great Again Committee a joint fundraising committee authorized and composed of Donald J. Trump for president, Inc., and the Republican National Committee that is dedicated to making America great again. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. It is the uh, Savage Nation taking on topics nobody else will touch. The reason you'd never hear this discussion on Fox News, for example, five reasons why porn should be banned, 
is because if you look at the board of directors of News Corporation, I can guarantee you, you'd see interlocking directorships that would make your hair stand up. It's why you never hear discussions about psychoactive chemicals like uh, the antidepressants and, and violence. So you got to understand that freedom of speech is not really free. It's very difficult, especially in an age where the media is a conglomeration of uh, only a few corporations. And the ad, the ad world really controls what people are, you know, can say or afraid to say. Uh, I can't say I'm not afraid to talk about it, but I will tell you right now, pornography should absolutely be banned. Now, if you go back 50 years, 50 years, and you said to people, should it be legal to distribute hardcore pornography where people of all ages, especially children, uh, would have easy and free access to it? People would have said, what are you, out of your mind? What, are you crazy? We would never do that. But now ask that question today of any person, and they'd say, what are you, a censor? What, do you want to live in Iran? Even conservatives listening to this show are so brainwashed that you think that any discussion of banning or censoring pornography is, is restrictive and maddening and madness. Why is that? Well, it's because you've been brainwashed and you have a limited vision of the damage it is doing. There's a great article, I'll refer to it by Matt Walsh from uh, 2018 on this subject, but there's another reference that I want to mention. It was actually from the New York Times uh, from a couple of years ago by Ross Dutthat, who made an excellent case for banning pornography. So here is a list of five reasons to ban pornography. Ban it, 100% ban it, illegal, like it used to be. Now, I'm a student of anthropology and of history, and I will tell you, I know that from the beginning of civilization, there have been graphic pornographic images in every society, by and large, whether it's a, a carving or an ancient. I remember when my father's antique store, he once got a little from China. I'll never forget this. It was very interesting to me. It was a, a Chinese, uh, what, what's that, uh, ivory, and it was in the shape of a round cue ball, and you uncoupled the cue ball that came apart and both sides then opened up to your eyes and both sides had carvings that were graphic in a certain way man a woman is all they would show in those days but that's what people were looking at for pornography even in ancient china that's if they had money they would pass those things around so i'm not i'm not a prude in terms of i know human nature but if you make it too available which is which is what it is today you decimate and destroy children and then you destroy man and woman, then you destroy marriage, then you destroy family, and the entire society collapses. So one, number one, pornography is prostitution. Never, ever forget that. It may be legal, but it's prostitution. I don't care whether the person says, I want to do it, but it is prostitution. I don't care whether you think it's fine to look at, it is prostitution. You think that those girls have a wonderful life who expose the most intimate parts of their body? And then they have to get even more graphic every day in order to compete with the younger sickos coming along. Pornography feeds the sex trafficking, sex trafficking industry. Uh, porn destroys children. Plenty of kids are exposed at ages eight or nine today on an iPhone. And a child's developing brain is not the same as yours. They don't know what they're looking at. It destroys the boys and the girls. We'll talk more about banning pornography. Michael Savage, a host like no other. It is the Savage Nation, heard across America and around the world, the number one, or is it the number two streaming show in America, 
Do not listen to the liars in radio. Data does not lie. And a lot of people listen around America and around the world, even though I'm not on every station, because of their own reasons or for their own reasons. Today I'm talking not about impeachment. That is so boring that um, I don't want to spend whatever time I have left on the earth wasting my brain and the millions of years of evolution that created me and what I had to do to culture and cultivate my mind through my education. Uh, I don't want to waste it on what everyone else can do easily with their hands behind the back and talk about impeachment. The most boring topic on earth is impeachment. I don't care how big the ratings are. It's, it's just it's mind-numbing. I think far more important is to talk about pornography right now, especially today, because it's destroying boys, it's destroying girls, it's destroying marriages, it's destroying family. And yet, if you stop the average conservative, they would say, no, no, I'm against uh, um, censorship. How can you as a conservative want to censor pornography? Isn't that the First Amendment? I can't imagine that the old guys who uh, wrote the Bill of Rights thought that one day you would see people performing the most animalistic acts between each other and that it would be accessible to eight-year-olds. No, I don't think so. Moreover, uh, porn is not protected by the First Amendment. Miller versus California found that obscenity is not protected speech. It can be censored. Federal law already prohibits the distribution of obscene material, but nobody applies it or enforces it. They're all afraid of the porn industry. They own Congress. Then many of you will try to use a specious argument, and you'll say, oh, you want to ban porn but not guns. Yes, of course. Guns are protected by the Bill of Rights, Second Amendment. Porn is not in the Bill of Rights. Uh, guns are used to preserve our liberty. Porn does not preserve our liberty. Guns have many, many positive values in a society. Porn has no positive value. Porn based garbage and filth with zero redeeming quality that is destroying our society. Now, you also could argue that to prohibit porn would be unenforceable. No, it wouldn't. You could shut down professional porn sites immediately. You could just shut them down. The government could do it, and they wouldn't do it. They will not do it. Then you're going to use the slippery slope argument. Are you joking? What slippery slope? Obscenity is going to be on the slippery slope of what are they going to ban next? Nothing. Okay, so I'm telling you right now, no one's going to have this discussion uh, unless maybe I can kick it off. You're never going to hear this on Fox News or CNN or MSNBC because I'm afraid if you look at the board of directors, you'll see why immediately. Just look at what other boards they sit on that you know about and let alone what they don't know about. And secondly, most of them are in the porn business. If you were to look into what they actually are in, you'll find out many of them are in the porn business with their other companies. You could argue that the whole movie industry is a an industry of pornography today. When have you last seen a movie that wasn't semi-pornographic? Tell me. Even some wonderful films are pornographic to a certain extent. For example, I'm watching a TV show now. I, I like certain TV dramas. And uh, one of them on HBO I found just recently called uh, Big Little Lies with Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon. I think it's fabulous in showing what's under the surface of some perfect, quote-unquote, families in an in, in expensive in town like in Monterey. But... Some of the scenes in Big Little Lies are absolute triple X, almost double X pornography. The violence between one of them and the husband and Nick, Nicole Kidman is very worrisome. You say, well, okay, it's a reflection of what happens. All right, fine, you could argue it happens, but it's also illegal to beat up your wife and then have sex with her. 
which is why you go to jail if you do that. And even if your wife complies with it and it comes out in a therapy session, the therapist has to report it. But to then show it in this series is really not good for the, for the people watching it. I think it destroys people. Has pornography affected anyone listening to this show in a negative way? Now, I'm going to get arguments to the contrary. You'll say, no, it saved my marriage. It saved my life. And that's fine. It's a talk show. That's all it says. I have no legislative power. I have absolutely no legislative power whatsoever, so you don't have to worry that I'm going to introduce a bill. I'm not a congressman, and I'm not owned by anybody. I'm a free thinker. And my mind went to this today. Why? Because I'm looking at the impeachment crap and the Biden and this and that. Boring. Then I see an article, Deaf Man from Brooklyn sues Pornhub over lack of closed captioning, and I have to laugh at it. How far we have fallen as a society that degenerate lawyers can take a case like this and not be thrown out, of, uh, 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 thrown off the bar. Now, first of all, class action lawyers are a subject that really great me. They do nothing for society but destroy businesses. But putting that aside, the whole issue of pornography came up, and that's why we're talking about it. Then I looked at the article today about young boys are unable to, 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 to uh, be with girls. They're afraid of them, and they're afraid because they compare themselves to the, to the freaks who are in pornography. The girls are all plastic uh, Barbie dolls with fake breasts, fake lips, fake faces. So a normal girl looks at that and says, gee, I can't compete. Then when they're 12, they want to have surgery in Beverly Hills in order to look like their pornographic mother who, who drives around looking like a porn star. You know, you drive, go, go drive around Beverly Hills or go walk around a Rodeo driver in that area. Take a look at some of the women. Take a look at them today. You could, could see why the Iranians go nuts looking at this society why they put on the, 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 the Mullah job. So, you know, you, you don't know which way to swing anymore. There's no, no balance in, in, in our world. It's one, one thing or the other. Tish in California, line seven, go ahead. What's on your mind? Well, I want to share. Um, I was really messed up when I was a kid, and the first time I was introduced to pornography was when I was in Brownies, which is basically a Girl Scout for eight-year-old for a little girl. And... Uh, at the house that we were having our meeting at, the father, this is back in about 1970s, early, early 70s, and there was Playboy magazines. Well, the girl who was hosting it uh, say, hey, girl, you know, hey, look at this. And she picked up uh, a Playboy magazine and just opened the centerfold to all of us, and some of the girls giggled. I was absolutely horrified. You cannot undo what your eyes but what is it that hurt you? I mean, or damaged you in looking at the fake women in Playboy? The, the, what was it that, that, that it hurt you? That a father would have this kind of things, and his little girl would be. Oh, well, he sounds like he's a little uh, sick. Sick, the father to leave that laying around, especially at a brownie meeting. He was. Did he ever get uh, in trouble with with children? Uh, I, since that time, did not go back because at that But what about you? How did, how did, wait, how did that destroy you? You said it destroyed you as a child. How? That this I, are you the, I'm sorry. I, okay, I'm sorry. We're losing her. Jim, do something about this. All right, the phone is breaking up. Uh, th that's neither here nor there. Uh, but um, you, you go into what really destroyed women and men. It was not Playboy as much as it was penthouse by the degenerate, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, Larry Flint was the man who destroyed America. Now, there's a movie about him, a great movie where it shows the scumbags, pardon me, the filthy vermin, 
the outhouse garbage called the ACLU, took on Larry Flint's case in the Supreme Court and argued that it's freedom of speech to show graphic images, which is one of the greatest lies of all time. Uh, I, I, we could argue to the, uh, to the contrary. It's also illegal. I told you that. It's still illegal in the United States of America to uh, uh, distribute obscene material. Miller versus California found that obscenity is not protected speech. It can be censored. No one would take that case on today. There is not a congressman who would ever author such a bill. He'd be decimated. Uh, now, of course, Schiff is from the porn belt. You know, Adam Schiff, think about him. Think about who supports Adam Schiff, by the way. We want to get into that. Adam Schiff, you know what his district is? It's right in the, in the area where the pornography is made for the whole world uh, is Adam Schiff. I wonder how many of them give him money. And uh, that's a separ- separate issue. Uh, Tish called and said pornography ruined the life. Unfortunately, we didn't uh, have a conversation because her phone broke down. If you're a man or a woman and pornography has in some way hurt you, damaged you, injured you, prohibited you in your relationship or destroyed a marriage, we want to hear from you. It's that simple. But uh, there are people on the other side of it as well. Tyler is calling from Canada. You're on line one on the Savage Nation. Tyler, what's on your mind? Dr. Savage, I just wanted to make a comment about how porn is affecting young men. It's the way you might not have guessed. Uh, young men's brains are now wired to perform for the computer screen. So the levels of ED are, they have skyrocketed. And this wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's back this up. A lot of my listeners are older and they can't even follow what you said. Okay, say that again. Basically, young men are used to now performing for the computer screen. So they become addicted to the image in the computer screen. So in other words, they become aroused by an image in a computer screen. Right. And they perform for the image in the computer screen. How does that affect them with a real girl? Well, because now when they're with a real real girl, they've actually become addicted to the image in the screen, so their brain doesn't react the same way it would to the computer screen. So basically, they're unable to perform with an actual human being. And this is a... Good God. Good God. I mean, I never thought of that, honestly. Yeah. Well, do you have more to say on this, or you want to leave it at that? Well, I won't go too deeply, but like a lot of my friends have had problems with this because... They've, they've grown up with it, right? And their first experience with women has been through the screen. So when they actually have an actual interaction with a woman, they find that they're unable to perform. And you can, you can Google this as well. There's a lot of uh, documented instances. All the, the ED rates have skyrocketed with young men, and there's only one reason for that, and that's the porn industry. It's interesting to me that Google bans conservative websites like michaelsavage.com. They do everything they can to make sure no one sees it, and yet they disseminate widely pornography. Isn't that interesting, Tyler? Well, I'm not surprised, Dr. Seth. No, we're not surprised by the degenerates who run the uh, the big tech. We're not uh, surprised at all. There's big money in it, and whenever there's big money, there's, uh, uh, you know, uh, things like this to be expected. Tyler, thanks for calling from Canada. It's a very sad story in a way. Is Lisa from Georgia here? Lisa, line nine. Tell us your story, Lisa. Go ahead, please. Hi, Michael. Um, when I was a teenage girl, starting at 15, I started dating a, a boy. And I didn't know at the time that he was hardcore into pornography, and we're talking the late 80s. And his father was as well. Um, he was a principal of a, of a elementary school. Well, anyway, um, he was physically violent with me because I didn't want to... I wanted to be a good girl. I went to private school. I was, you know, I wanted to do the right thing, but he was always slowly forced me. Well... 
I was knocked out one time. He broke my nose. Um, if I wanted to get a ride home. Oh, well, you're, you're saying that he did this because of pornography or because he was a, an evil person? Um, because of pornography, because I wasn't meeting his sexual needs. He wanted you to be like the girls in the violent porn he was watching, is what you're saying? That is what I'm saying, and every week, well, you'd look prettier if you had dark hair or brown eyes or if you had bigger boobs or a smaller waist or if you were taller. I mean, it just, I couldn't please him. I mean, I came from a dysfunctional home, so I kind of thought, well, maybe there is something wrong with me. And just, so I stayed with him for seven and a half years because when I would break up with him, then he would follow me to work. He would show up my house. Well, look, there's look, there's a lot to this story that we can't get into. You know, there was some compliance with you. You know, you're you're a typical battered woman in some regards, and I'm not blaming you. Don't get me wrong, but you become addicted to the to the violence of the of the man too. It's a terrible cycle and very hard to break. And although the man is sick, unfortunately, they make the woman even as sick as they are. You know, it takes two to tango, so I'm sorry for your troubles, but uh, it's a bigger story than that. When I come back, Jim and Robert, you know what I want to play? I want to go back to the Monday show with Aldous Huxley's comments on technology from Brave in the World, which we have somewhere in the archives. you got to listen to this. I'll be right back. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. All right, look, this hour is coming to a conclusion in less than a minute and a half, and then i got another big hour. I want to continue our discussion on pornography and what it's done to destroy you and our society and how it is not protected by the First Amendment. It should be banned. Uh, will it be? No, because the congressmen are all owned by, by special interests. But we have to talk about what it's doing to children, what it's doing to boys, and what it's doing to girls, and uh, how the porn industry is now mainstream, where even conservatives think that it's perfectly fine to... Uh, uh, Permanent dissemination, but we're also going to play something from Monday, which was one of my best shows on Aldous Huxley, in his own voice, where he talks about technology and um, what was going to happen. It was done in 1958. Boy, was he right. Did he see the future? You know, he's the man who wrote Brave in the World. Look at the world we're living in today. And uh, where obscenity is now mainstream, virtually wherever you turn, you see obscene images from obscene people and because of the interlocking corporate directorships you'll never understand why there's no talk anymore about conservative family values where did family values go why am i the lone ranger on this issue think about that the answer is because on december 5th something happened to me and i almost wasn't going to come back from that world and i saw God and made a commitment to him. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. 
Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Spans of the spoken word. Welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. And I'm not talking about impeachment. That's baby talk. Anyone can do it. 24-7 until June? Are you joking? That's what I was put on Earth to do. Millions of years of human evolution, surviving hurricanes, tornadoes, diseases, pogroms. So I, man-child in the promised land, consider and yabber about impeachment? No, sir. No, thank you. And evolved brain needs to talk about evolved subjects. And, I, you know, I've jokingly and not so jokingly said this is the savage uh, graduate school of political science where everyone gets an A, and I mean it. Anyone can follow this subject and has an opinion on it. And what is the subject? The subject is, should, porno- should pornography be banned because of the damage it is doing to our boys and girls and to marriages, by the way? Uh, I think you know where I stand. And without going into the details of uh, uh, issues from my own point of view, I don't think it's important. I'd rather hear from your point of view. Now, boys are also afraid of girls. That's another study that's coming out. If you look in schools today, girls are excelling and boys are falling behind. I can't say that's because of pornography. I could say that's because of many other issues, including the radical feminists who have taken over education. They hate boys. They hate men. They're only interested in advancing girls. Look at Elizabeth Warren. If you want to know what's coming, if that witch should ever win, all you got to do is look at your son and say, I pity what this country will be like if this radical feminist anti-male psycho Uh, should win. But let me tell you something. Bernie Sanders wouldn't be any different because, and again, and without getting too philosophical or esoteric, I read Karl Marx in college. I studied Karl Marx. I read Engels. I read, I read all of them. I read Trotsky. I know what they stand for. Look up Karl Marx on family. And we all know about Karl Marx's economic principles of government ownership of everything. But Karl Marx said that the family is the cornerstone of bourgeois life. And in order to destroy bourgeois life, you had to destroy the family. You've got to understand that's where the free love movement came from. That's where pornography comes from sociologically or politically, rather. And of course, today, it's simply a big business. And so many hands are in this business, it's hard to know where to begin and where to end. If you look at Marriott Corporation, Marriott's owned by, by, by Mormon people, great people. The Mormons are great people. They're in the porn business because it's a huge profit center, profit center in, the, in the Marriott hotels, Right. So, you know, with, with this money, you're going to have corruption. And uh, we have to talk about it as a society. This would have been a no-brainer when Reagan was president. It would have been a no-brainer to talk about this. Who would have said eight-year-olds should be able to look at graphic pornography? They would have been probably, uh, you know, boiled alive. But I want to go back to our Monday show for a moment. One of my heroes is Aldous Huxley. I read everything he ever wrote, including all his articles on furniture. Incidentally, never mind the novels and the essays. I remember when I went to London when I was very young, I I went to the museum there and the library 
And I researched every article that Aldous Huxley ever wrote. I was so enamored of him. So I have for you a great treat, which is one of the great minds of our time, Aldous Huxley, from 1958 in an interview by Mike Wallace, not to be confused with Meatloaf Jr., Chris Wallace, uh, his, uh, his shadow, you know, the shadow fell over that kid and really wrecked him. Sneer mouth, curled lip. Here is Aldous Huxley in, in clips H1 and H2 on technology from 1958. As you see it, who and what are the enemies of freedom here in the United States? Well, I don't think you can say who in the United States. I don't think there are any uh, sinister persons deliberately trying to rob people of their freedom. But I do think, uh, first of all, that there are a number of impersonal forces which are pushing in the direction of less and less freedom. And I also think that there are a number of technological devices which anybody who wishes to use can use to accelerate this process of going away from freedom, of imposing control. Well, another force which I think is very strongly operative in this country is the force of what may be called over-organization. Uh, as technology becomes more and more complicated, it becomes necessary to have more and more elaborate organizations, more hierarchical organizations, and incidentally, the advance of uh, technology has been accompanied by an advance in the science of organization. It's now possible to make organizations on a larger scale than was ever possible before. And so that you have more and more people living their lives out as subordinates in these hierarchical systems controlled by bureaucracies, either the bureaucracies of big business or the bureaucracies of big government. Well, it's not directly related to what we are talking about, but somewhat in talking about technology. Later on, he talks about technology and propaganda and uh, the brainwashing of children. And I would say that uh, if you want to talk about the brainwashing of children, uh, that ties in directly to pornography, which is accessible by every child on their iPhone. If that's not brainwashing them and destroying them at a very early age, tell me what is. And that's why something has to be done about it. Will it happen? In this election cycle, uh, let's start with the Democrats. Do you think there is one Democrat on that stage who will ever talk about the damage that pornography is doing to our society? I don't. Do you think Donald Trump will talk about it? Uh, I'm sure he won't. It's not even it won't even register on the Richter scale of topics. People are going to. Here's the interesting. If you analyzed the average voter in America and you gave them a list of topics that are important to them, I'm sure economics would be number one. Maybe war and peace would be up there in the top three. Uh, banning pornography wouldn't even register because you've been so beaten up to think that it's the norm that you would think it's crazy, restrictive, and prudish to even uh, raise that question. That shows you how far you've been beaten up. Even the churches today. When have you last been in a church or a synagogue in this country where a priest or a rabbi talked about the dangers of pornography? I'll tell you something right now. If I were a rabbi and it was Saturday... I can guarantee you they'd hear that from me this Saturday. That's what I talk about. The dangers of pornography. Uh, bar, make sure your children don't access it. What it's done, what it's done to people, what it's going to do to them. Keep it out of your home. How you can keep it out of your home. Uh, that's what I would talk about. I do it in a church and a synagogue. Maybe I should do it on the radio or on, on TV. But I'm doing it right here. I'm not going to do it anywhere else. I want to talk with you about this topic. Because I believe it's a seriously important subject. And many of you are confused into thinking that this is not a conservative issue because it's the First Amendment that protects pornography. 
You couldn't be further from the truth. Miller versus California found that obscenity is not protected speech. It can be censored. Federal law prohibits the distribution of obscene material, but the law is not applied or enforced because we've all forgotten it uh, by now. So, my friends, you may also hear from <clears throat> progressives or liberals that you're a hypocrite to even talk about this because you want to ban porn but not guns. That is absurd. That is absurd. Guns are protected by the Bill of Rights. Pornography is not. Guns are to protect our liberty. Pornography is not to protect our liberty. Guns have many positive uh, attributes to them, especially to prevent a, uh, an overbearing government from taking over your, your life. Porn has no overbearing uh, qualities whatsoever. A gun is a morally neutral object. And the dangers of a gun or the benefits of a gun are determined by the person using it. Pornography, on the other hand, is just degenerate filth with no redeeming quality. There is no positive application for it whatsoever. Now, I'm sure there are those of you who will call and say, you're wrong, it saved my marriage, or I'm an old man and my wife died, and without pornography, I'd go crazy altogether. I could hear those arguments from today until tomorrow. The overall issue is not you. The overall issue is our children, always the children. And it's interesting to me that the liberals who always talk about children have nothing to say about drugs and pornography other than give them more of both. That's all. David in Florida, you're the first up. Tell us about your porn story and what it's done to you. Well, when I was a child, my uh, parents used to leave me at a home that was uh, our, our friends of the family, and they had a, a young child that was my age. I called them my cousin, but that's not here nor there. But anyway, they left us alone there while they went out to dinner. And like the previous caller who was in the Girl Scouts, the father of uh, had had uh, pornography, including the hustler. And the, the, I remember there was a distinct difference, as you mentioned, between the hustler and the penthouse and Playboy. Right. Playboy was the airbrushed kind of almost normalcy, but it wasn't really. It was the first step by Hugh Hefner, the first major pornographer in America, lauded by, by the media. Uh, but Larry Flint was the next stage, which was totally depraved in my estimation. I realized later how traumatic it was. In fact, it encouraged us, it it spurred us as kids uh, just entering puberty to experiment in ways that we probably both regret uh, later on. I mean, we both are um, considered straight men now and know him. uh, But what what do you mean? Wait, let's back this tape up. It it encouraged you to experiment who? With each other? You were the two boys? That's right. That's right. And it also made me realize, and I've stuck to this argument to this day, and I tell it to people uh, openly, that homosexuality is a choice. I don't want to go down that path. I know that's a a touchy subject, but I am adamant, and I know for a fact that it is a choice, because we can all be influenced to uh, take that route at that young age. Of course, and with the normalcy of pornography and the normalcy of uh, homosexuality or a three-way, four-way, what you hear people saying today is unbelievable. They say, I'm a fluid sexual person. You've heard that, haven't you? Sure, we didn't have... Or I'm non-binary. What does non-binary mean? What do you mean I'm non-binary? I'm not man or woman? I can make it with a dog? Yeah, all we knew was flesh and, uh, you know, the bad parts that, you know, we don't see as normal uh, in everyday life of our bodies and, uh, you know, experimenting in that regard, not knowing what we're doing, and except that maybe it's wrong, of course, we probably both felt this was a very risky. But anyway... Well, uh, look, I could get very graphic, but I don't intend to. Um, it shouldn't have been exposed. And, uh, it, and did, Okay, I, let's speed it, the clock up. Did it affect you and your relationships in any profound way? 
it has. I, I objectified women for the rest of my life. I wasn't able to maintain a uh, healthy relationship with a woman. Uh, I've had lots of, uh, you know, uh, lots of uh, uh, dates and, and uh, lots of women in my life, but, you know, never, uh, mm. I always uh, would, would sabotage or destruct. Well, David, you're a very clear-thinking man. I mean, you've come through it, or you're still suffering from the porn influence? Uh, well, I'm still single. I, I have uh, a very close uh, girlfriend, but uh, we've never we never got married. I never had children, and I've always had trouble even maintaining a uh, mm. uh, a, a monog- monog- uh, uh, monogamous relationship with that particular woman. And she wow. knows that be all because you think of the porno. Of course, absolutely. Why? I, because the porno made you want to see more uh, graphic things happening between you and her or you thought there were better women out there what not putting not putting a a, uh, a cerebral aspect or cerebral quality to women to, to as, as people as human people is ah. making them more objects sex objects and only therefore a man's pleasure and 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 overcoming that thought what took a long long time and uh, you know even in that regard you know your, your philosophy is very feminist incidentally in what you just said yeah, well, somebody. Many feminists would agree with you. There's, there's nothing wrong with feminism that supports a woman's dignity and a man's dignity. It's the radical feminism that hates men that we're that we're worried about in this country, as exemplified by Elizabeth Warren, in my opinion. If she doesn't exemplify, just to get political for a minute, everything wrong with the women's movement, I like to know which woman does. This is not an average normal woman who can lead America. This is a woman who could lead America right down the rat hole of destruction. Thank you for the call. I'll be right back. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. I want to read you some uh, quick tweets I got back on should we ban pornography today. And I can be founded at a Savage Nation. Um, Andreb writes, last year my best friend's 17-year-old son was suspended for 10 days from school because a female classmate said that he made her uncomfortable. What was his offense? politely touching her arm and asking the girl a question about an assignment. You want to know why men and boys are not performing? You can thank the feminists for destroying America. Another one says, and this is Jamie Howard, I don't think pornography scares young men from women. Some of it is the Me Too movement. Some of it is they don't know if they are or supposed to be uh, or like men or women. And some don't know what a woman is anymore due to this misgendering LGBTQ revolution. That's according to Jamie Howard. So don't assume I'm alone on this. And by the way, my, my, my analysis, even my desire to ban pornography, would probably cut across the political spectrum. I don't think you have to be a, a conservative Trump supporter to agree with me that pornography is destroying America. I don't really think this is a, or should be, a liberal conservative discussion. I think this is a family societal discussion and i think that if we were all rational about it and didn't put it through our our political filter to come up with the answer we think we should say 
in order to satisfy uh, our tribe, you'll understand where I am coming from. Pornography is a disaster for our society. What is the proof? Well, let's look at the birth rate in the United States of America. Let's look at the birth rate, the marriage rate in Western nations, and you will see what I am talking about. Can you blame it all on pornography? No, but you can blame a lot of it on pornography. And if you want a society to survive, I believe you have to go back to the foundations of conservatism, which are family values, which were a big thing during the Reagan era and have been completely blown away in this era that we live in today. There are no family values whatsoever. In fact, you'll get conservatives arguing that pornography is a family value and an eight-year-old should look at pornography. Okay, so we're, we're all confused. Uh, I'm not confused. I have a very clear image of things, and this is very clear to me. Society would be a lot healthier if the smut peddlers were put out of business. Shall I make it even more clear? Society would be a lot healthier if the smut peddlers were put out of business. Now, there are nations on earth that do not permit pornography to be streamed, for example. They say they're all repressive societies. Maybe we can learn from them. China doesn't permit streaming pornography, does it, Jim? What other societies don't? Russia does not permit streaming pornography. Why? Huh? Why? Because they want their men to marry women and have families. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Michael Savage, a host like no other. It is the Savage Nation Rock and Roll Friday. I feel good. I hope you do, too. We're going to pause in our discussion of the dangers of pornography and why I think pornography must be banned to save our children and our marriages. And for a moment or two or three or four, talk to a good friend of mine, the CEO of uh, Newsmax.com and Newsmax TV, Chris Ruddy. Great to have you on the Savage Nation. Chris, how are you today? Michael, I'm doing great and wonderful being on with you. You know, Chris and I have known each other for 25 years and uh, although we don't have a current business relationship, he's booming. What's going on with, first of all, the, pr- the president loves Newsmax TV, right? Oh, um, well, he tells me he's watching it all the time, so that's always a good sign. <laughs> um, <laughs> Newsmax just announced today, Michael, really big news, that the Comscore ratings for December came out, and Newsmax TV had surpassed Bloomberg, Bloomberg Television and C-SPAN in uh, total ratings. And we had more viewers it. on a weekly basis than uh, either one of those networks. And it's an amazing story. That's, I think, our first benchmark. Uh, we're an emerging news channel. As you know, we're on almost every major cable system down in the country. So not, not only are people tuning in, but they're actually sticking around. How, how would someone get it, let's say, who lives in, the, in, in anywhereville, America? How do they get Newsmax TV? Well, if you go to NewsmaxTV.com, we have a button at the top that says Find Us, but like DirecTV, which is big all over the country, Channel 349. Dish, big all over the country, we're on 216. Xfinity, we're on er almost every Xfinity home in the country, which is Channel 111115. (laughs) There's a lot of numbers, Chris. Uh, What if I I get Comcast here in the Bay Area of San Francisco? How would I find it? Can I punch in Newsmax TV? Most people now have the X1 box with Xfinity, so you just hit the microphone button. You say, go to Newsmax. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. I have a microphone, so if I want to watch it when I'm bored of everything else, I can say Newsmax TV and get it? And huge number of people, yep, and Spectrum in California, we're on most of uh, You know, Chris, i got to say this, just on a personal note, I really admire your, uh, your ambition. 
you know, you, a lot of people are, are backing off from websites and saying it's an unviable business. You seem to be uh, growing and pushing it. Well, we had tremendous success over many years. You know, we started in 1998, shortly after I met you. You were a radio host. You were covering my reporting out of uh, on the Clinton years, as you recall. And Newsmax just boomed for 15 years online, and we decided to start this cable news channel. Everyone said, you'll never get on. They're not adding any channels. We're now on every major cable system in 70 million homes. But we're. But are you a competitor to Fox? Are you, is your goal to be a competitor with Fox News, for example? Is that one of your goals? Well, it's not a goal. It's a fact. We're already the major competitor to Fox. I think we're going to surpass Fox business in the first six months. You know, what's interesting is I am banned from Fox News, which is crazy since I'm one of the leaders of the conservative movement. I have been for 25 years, but there's a personal vendetta by some controlling factors at, at Fox News. They'll have uh, a pimps on, uh, drug addicts, drug, uh, drug peddlers, and they won't have me on. What's wrong with them? Do they not understand what they're doing to their own network? You know, a lot of people are really unhappy with Fox. I think it does a lot of good stuff, but I also think there shouldn't. Imagine if there was only one radio station in the country that was. Okay, right. No, I agree. And there are some great hosts on Fox News. I don't want to make people think I'm knocking them all. Some of them are brilliant, and they do a great job. But, okay, so you're creating an alternative. You're booming. You have, you have big investor money. You have some very good hosts on Newsmax TV. Who are they? Well, we just bought Greg Kelly, who used to be at Fox News. He was a White House correspondent there, and he was number one on their affiliate station in New York. Great guy. His father's a very famous police commissioner of New York City. Greg is a Marine veteran, had been a pilot, flew over Iraq. Incredible life story, but an incredible... But you, you don't have Michael Savage. That's the missing link. Well, you know, part of it is we haven't been able to afford your rates, but... Um, well, I, I know because my family said, don't, don't sell yourself too cheap. Well, you know, look, you changed history because you and I know the fact is that you were the first major radio host to back Donald Trump. Uh, in fact, I introduced you to the president many years ago. Yes, you did. And, yes, uh, you did. I hit it off immediately. You were both. And, and by the way, let's clear the air. I remember when I went to Mar-a-Lago, um, you introduced me, but do you know that the day I brought Matt Drudge there is when Drudge met the president? Did you know that? See, so I was part of that connection. That's right. Good Matt Drudge was introduced through me, through you. And I'm going to see the president tonight. He's in town. Uh, I'm going to pop over there. And I think he's doing a tremendous job, don't you? I mean, he's proven right on the border. He's been proven right on China. Everybody said he was crazy. He got a big victory with China. It's not the best thing, but it's 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 moving definitely in the right direction. Chris, is he going to survive this impeachment? Because I don't trust all these Republicans. Well, I think it's a period of maximum danger for the president because you're going to a period where people are going to be voting on your on your existence as president. Yes. That said, I don't a the president never committed an impeachable crime. They can call every witness in America. Right. Not going to prove he committed a crime. Right. And second of all, there's no votes in the Senate. There might be enough votes to call a few witnesses. I frankly think they should have a couple of witnesses on both sides, three witnesses. That's fair. Make it, uh, you know, a normal procedure. And just well, Why do the Democrats want witnesses so badly? Who do they want? Well, they like drama, and they want to embarrass the president, because this has been a political... Yeah, yeah, but wait, but Chris, between you and I, you know the players better than anybody I know, which is why you're on the show right now. You really know the inside. So they're dying to get uh, uh, the walrus on. I forget his name. The the uh, Bolton Bolton the Walrus. Do you think Walrus would stab the president 
in a hearing? I'm not so sure he would. Well, I think John Bolton's going to tell what he knows in a frank manner, um, and I think that he might his testimony might might not be flattering to the president. But look, there's always been advisors that disagree with presidents. You can go back in history; there's so many of them. Um, it doesn't mean that he committed an impeachable offense. The president. That's correct. That is 100 percent right. Democrat. You want, Chris, you want to hear something interesting? And I think I can divulge this now on the Savage Nation. We're going back to right after the president won the election in November of 1960, <laughs> November of 2016. I, I, I went to Mar-a-Lago shortly thereafter. I think I was at your table or Laura Ingram's table. I don't remember which. The president comes in with the Secret Service guard. I, like a schmendrick, run up to him. The Secret Service tries to stop me, and he says, no, 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 let him. They were so mad at him, and he put his arm around me, and he said, without this guy, I wouldn't be president. Well, later on that evening, he called me over to his table, and everyone else was gone. And you know that one of the questions he asked me was, he asked me whether he should hire John Bolton. I'm make, I'm not making this not not a made up story. And I said, be careful of him. I sort of recall that uh, he was asking a lot of people about John, and he did eventually hire John. He didn't hire him the first wave. No, you you had that meeting. It was on the eve of him picking his after Flynn left, um, and he picked McMaster. But John had come into town for a series of interviews, and the president very much liked John, but decided not to pick him in that round. Yes. It came up a year later. Well, I'm, I'm sure he regrets he picked him now. I don't, what went on between them that he fired him? We don't know everything. I don't know all the details of the Ukraine thing. Uh, I, uh, I, you know, they obviously... What, what, is it over Ukraine that he dumped him? Well, uh, it's not clear exactly, but I do know they had policy differences. John believed that the president should have been more forceful in responding to Iran when they attacked the Saudi fields and the drones okay. and the, the other. Oh, yeah, he was a gung-ho kind of neocon warmonger in a, in, a, in a way. That's why he worried me. He got us into Iraq. I know he's probably a friend of yours, and I shouldn't say these things, but I was very leery of him in the beginning because I was afraid he was going to drag Trump, who is basically a pacifist when it comes to international wars, into a war field. I didn't like it. Well, look, I think the president showed a lot of restraint um, by dealing with Iran, and I think that redounds to his credit that he didn't strike them back. And when they burned the embassy and killed an American contractor, I think that was enough to take out Soleimani, who had 30 years of killing experience of American deaths on his rap sheet. Mm. I, you know, all these people that said there wasn't enough intelligence, I don't know, including Republicans, I don't know what they're thinking. You have 30 years of that Iranian National Guard killing Americans, crippling American soldiers, and they're worried about whether there was four embassies or two embassies on the hit list. Mm. You know, I want to ask you one last question, Mr. Chris Ruddy of Newsmax. I noticed in the last few days Nancy Pelosi attacked Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook. Now I see today Biden the Schmendrick gives an interview with the New York Times, and he also attacks Zuckerberg. Why are they doing this? Zuckerberg is, well, first of all, one of the major uh, employers in the San Francisco area, which is in Pelosi's backyard. Why are the major Democrats turning on Mark Zuckerberg? Um, and we have that story on Newsmax.com right now about Biden attacking him. Yes, I'm reading it. It says Biden says Zuckerberg is a real problem. So the Democrats want Zuckerberg and Facebook to start reviewing every news article. And if they think it's untrue, they want it to be taken down and not reposted or circulate and shared on Facebook. 
this sounds good. The only problem is the Democrats start deciding everything said about the president that's negative is true and everything yes. about him. So is they true. want, in other words, to be the ultimate censors of Facebook. Right. So Facebook basically says, you know what, we're not in the editing business. We don't say if anything's good or bad, it circulates. If there's a story saying that the Pope endorsed Donald Trump, which had been out there in the last election, you know, and people actually believe that, you know, that's for people to believe. But, you know, obviously, I don't think anybody that clever is if somebody's that dumb that they're believing it, they're not going to be even voting in the election. You know, Chris, I got to ask you something. You're going to see the president tonight. Do you know that last Tuesday? He called me on my iPhone. I was I set it up in the morning. They called me and said, the president wants to talk to you off the air, blah, blah, blah. I gave him the phone number. What's your number? So I'm on my bike after my show. The phone rings and I was shocked. It was a 202 number. And it was like the most intimate conversation that you could ever have, because you know better than I do that the president's a super personable, nice person. And uh, I jokingly said the reason I support him 100 percent is because of the hot dog he shared with me on Air Force One. <laughs> he, he really got a kick out of that one. They were, did you ever have any, a hot dog with him on Air Force One, Chris? I've had hot dogs with him at the golf club, but not, at, <laughs> not Air Force One. He knows he loves eating that relish. In there. I want to ask you something. He's an older guy. He's in his, how old is he, 70-something? Can he stop eating the hot dogs for his health? It, does he not know the relationship between saturated fats and coronary artery disease? Michael, it's working. Let him continue. I know. You know, he may be one of those nutritional rogues who I described in a book I wrote in 1972 who can virtually do anything or eat anything and outlive all of the doctors who tell him to run around the block and eat vegan. Chris Ruddy, I really congratulate you for your success in uh, your website, and mainly in the, in the launching of Newsmax TV and its appearance in everybody's home. Any closing words? Well, I'll just say tune in 7 p.m. Eastern tonight to see the Greg Kelly, and we're on all those channels. Spectrum, we're on Cox, Optimum, Sunlink, Bios. Yeah, well, but they're all waiting to have you hire me. They're, otherwise, they're not going to tune in. My, my people want me. We will announce it'll be sort of like a coronation. It'll be sort of <laughs> we bet you're coming on board. and then Whether I am on Newsmax TV or not doesn't matter. It's, it's great to have Chris Ruddy and Newsmax TV on the show. Chris, good job. Love it. I want everyone to listen to Newsmax TV and please send both my regards and the regards of the whole Savage Nation to the president tonight when you see him uh, at Mar-a-Lago. Done deal. Done deal. See how succinct. You know that Chris Ruddy was an actual reporter. He didn't write fake news. He was an actual journalist who trained in journalism, by the way, as opposed to many people in the website business who never even went to college. Back in a minute. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. It is uh, The Savage Nation. Is it time to ban pornography? And the war against young men and boys are the topics of today. And if you missed any of the show, you can catch it later on my podcast, which is found everywhere that podcasts are broadcast. Now, we're going to close the show with a caller from Texas who I have not met or spoke with who is going to tell a story about her marriage and what pornography did to it. Alexis in Texas, go ahead, please. You have the floor and the microphone. I was married to a man who was totally out of control with pornography. He had thousands of dollars invested in it. He was obsessed with pleasuring himself with the magazines before sex. He was an attorney in between court, you know, when he had breaks in his office, breaks. I mean, continuously and and tried to kind of integrate it into our life, which I tried. It was just getting uncomfortable. And, and 
it, it just ruinous. It, it's kind of so. Always- let me see if I understand this. Because of his obsession with pornography and his sex addiction, he tried to have you act like one of the characters in the pornography. Is what you're saying, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, kind of role play, and I mean, it depended on. Of course, it, some of it was rather extreme. I mean, some of it isn't extreme. I, you know, it, it just was uncomfortable, and and again. What do you have outfits? He wanted you to wear the outfits that they wear and stuff like that. Yes, and I wasn't opposed to, to- that totally. It's just right. that that's I did- sort of ha- that's sort of harmless. Okay, fine. Yeah. What a man, what a man and woman does in the privacy of their own home is really their own business. But you're saying it went way beyond that. Yes, and it it, it was it con- constant stimulation he needed, which is why he he was continuously looking elsewhere as well. How, how long did your marriage last till it broke up? Uh, we, we knew each other for seven years, but the marriage was a year and a half. And, and you're gone. I mean, you're not with him anymore. No, no. After Were he- you able after that to have a satisfactory relationship with a man? Yes. Yes. I mean, I didn't, because- I didn't get a good one after that, but it wasn't because of the it wasn't because of pornography. It was interesting because I, I'm, I'm a very sexual person, so I'm, I'm kind of open to certain things, but. But it was just, I just really felt like a third wheel. I felt like it was me, it, and him. And then his obsession, his continuous stimulation, he needed, he shouldn't have even been married. He just needed to be like a, a, a bee that goes from flower to flower. I mean. Oh, well put. <laughs> nice metaphor. I could see that you're really a poet in disguise. I, you know, I, I was not, I, even when we got divorced, it was almost like, what was that? Goodbye. I didn't All right, I, Alexis, thank you for having the guts to call the Savage Nation on how marriage, your marriage was damaged and destroyed by your husband's pornography and sex addiction. I'm going to close with a story that just came out that confirms something I said right at the beginning of the program. I told you I'm leery of Alan Dershowitz. I thought he had changed. He just stabbed Trump in the back. He went on an interview uh, with Dan Abrams of Mediaite, Mediaite, which is liberal, and he said, I'm not a full-fledged member of the Trump team. I told you he plays it both ways. I'd warn the president, watch out for Dershowitz. The Westwood One Podcast Network.